Fortigon 14. Hello, everybody. This is Fortigon on 14, episode 141. I am Mike. I am Patrick. I'm Joel. And I'm Josh. And if there's one takeaway from the Clash of the Titans movies, is that you should never gift or loan Perseus anything. I know, right? <laughs> right? He <clears throat> is such a dick about shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, man. Your car keys. I lost them. <laughs> <laughs> and that helmet you gave him? Bottom of the swamp. There goes the virginity. It's he okay. No My recharge. dad will make you give me another gift. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, give him your lifelong companion. That's my wish. If anything, it taught me that Zeus is just a cock to everybody. Well, that's pretty consistent with Greek mythology. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> that's mythology. one thing that movie got accurately. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Zeus. Zeus is like, I'm going to go screw that. Zeus, don't screw that. Too late. I screwed that. I was a shower of gold. <laughs> <laughs> I <laughs> gotcha, it's me, here's my dick. <laughs> well, there's no way from here's my dick to talking about the podcast collective, so let's just get get right into the promo. All right, screw, tra- screw transitions, man, we're right there. <laughs> like, thanks for leaving me on that one, Pat. Zeus has spoken. So yeah, so... If you'd like to hear shows that are not about Pat's dick... Well... <laughs> that, that, target, that target audience is nil. <laughs> Uh. There, there is, of course, the internet with Scott the Pool Boy, if you're interested in a lot of other dick. <laughs> Very true. There's also uh, I Am Salt Lake. Oh, like the city. I thought it was just a guy making, like, watery noises for an hour. <laughs> uh, uh, you've also got On the Block and Joel's show, other shows, the Coffin Joe cast with Killa Wilba and his solo show, the Sunshine Happy Pants Hour. And, of course, there's the Bod- Bad Parenting Podcast. Wow. I never thought that was a tongue twister before. <laughs> the Bod Parenting Podcast. And this, this podcast can turn anything into a tongue twister. Yep. The and Bod Parenting Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that's the one that's in New Hampshire. <laughs> and if uh, you'll you get a podcast. Hanging around on uh, noon on uh, Saturdays, you can get us on uh, Geek Life Radio, semi live, as in like yes. not at all live. And our older shows, yeah, our older shows are all on iTunes, Blueberry, Stitcher, and TalkShoe. And if you would like to have a conversation with us, I'll bite kind of one-sided, but uh, you can call us at 708-NOW-RAP, that's 708-669-9727, and you can also find us on Google Podcasts. Yeah, you can also leave us uh, an email at 40 14 at gmail.com or reach out to us on Twitter at 40 14 Right. So let's get into the voicemail. Here we got some. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Got a couple this week. Here we go. Hello, 40 going on 14. This is Luke. Um, So show feedback. All right. I still don't get Prince, but you guys did a real good job trying to get me to to understand Prince. And it didn't take. But you did a good job. So, you know, (laughs) A for for effort. Um, And now I I, I never got to see the uh, rock. Rock goes to which mountain? That's that's all I took away of that. It's like the rock punches which mountain. So, um that's what I'm, that's what I gotta go, I gotta go see that. Um, mostly local and relatable sort of feedback. So, um, I've been spending a lot more time lately for, for various reasons in the, in, I guess the northwest suburbs. It's weird up here, man. Um, I didn't realize, like, it's a whole, it's a whole different world. Like, all this stuff on Harlem, I never realized that that was a thing. Um, and like today, I was around Golf Mill, uh, doing some stuff. It's, it's, it's weird, man. Um, I kind of, I, I'm kind of, I'm kind of confused. Um, I think I, I get it less than than Prince, um, if that makes any any sense. So yeah, um, I don't really know how that would work in the show about you know like Golf Mill then and now. Nobody cares about that, but it's it's weird. Uh, and that's all I wanted to to say is that it's it's weird. So weird, uh, weird, weird butts to the weird front, y'all. 
He it's figured like out Texas. our system. It's a whole other country. <laughs> did he just basically say Niles was the northwest suburbs? He did say Golf Mill, so I guess. Yeah, he that's weird. Someone who, although the northwest suburbs, as someone who just moved to pretty much practically Schaumburg, yeah, as someone who lived for 10 years in the city, they're fucking weird. <laughs> I, I, this, the last six months have been a completely different world. Yeah, well, Harlem does exist past uh, the Kennedy. Oh yeah, and it, it, it strangely enough, I discovered this not a while ago actually, but uh, Harlem actually will cross Route 57 about uh, a third of the way down in Illinois. You can come it, Harlem Avenue will cross over it, and so technically you can get off and then take Harlem all the way into Chicago from 57 or like around Bourbon A. But you long, wouldn't. Long no, you really wouldn't. You wouldn't want to. It would take you right. seven hours. Yeah. That's the slow road. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. But we have another voicemail from somebody. Somebody. Hello, gentlemen. Great episode with the uh, Spider-Man episode. I really enjoyed it. This is Ron, your former, former friend from Gen Con. Not former friend, but you know. That's where you know <laughs> me from. Anyhow, I <laughs> uh, really enjoyed the show. Thought you guys covered the character really well. You didn't hand, you didn't really uh, touch anything on the uh, Nicholas Hammond live action, which is probably the best thing for the show. Uh, that quality was not so good. Basically, Spider-Man shot uh, laundry lines from his wrists, and not too much uh, dramatic effect either. But I like the summary that you guys did on the character, and uh, I think the casting that they've done for the new Spider-Man film is excellent. But Aunt May should not be the ant equivalent of a MILF. I don't, <laughs> you know, that's just me, you know. Granted, Aunt May's always looked like a grandma. You guys are right about that, but come on. Marissa Tomei, it's way too hot to be Aunt May. But I'll wish you guys a good one. Take care. Stay out of trouble. Don't do anything I wouldn't do, which leaves your day open. Take care. Bye. I don't know. I've, I've always found every version of Aunt May hot. Well, <laughs> yeah, I had the same concern as Ron did about <clears throat> Aunt May being uh, not the traditional interpretation. But Marissa Tomei is such a great actress, and the guys convinced me with the idea that that's more what like a modern young teenager would see as their aunt. Yeah. So I mean, that's that's the thing that like I had talked about. Like Aunt May to my daughter is my sister, who's younger than me. And who Patrick thinks is hot, too, so... 100%. Well, but Sally Field isn't exactly the Aunt May of old, either. Uh, I still think she's hot. Exactly. So, the the point nobody's made is that it's not a new thing, necessarily, in that Yeah, and the way Hollywood treated Sally Field was freaking weird. How she went from being uh, Tom Hanks' love interest to being his mom in, like, four years. (laughs) Yeah, very strange. Oh, just realized that. Now that is strange. Yeah. It's like <laughs> 1988, and then all of a sudden the 90s hit, and she's his mom. Wow. That's Hollywood for you. Yeah. Yep. They're like, oh, she's over 30? She's a grandma. <laughs> <laughs> but no, thanks for the email, man. I mean, thanks for the voicemail, man. Um, we Yeah, and uh, leave us another one. Let us know if we're going to meet you at Gen Con again this year. Yeah, because we are planning on heading down again. We're actually getting really close to that now. Oh, yeah, ten, I just realized that earlier in the shower, it's like 12 weeks away, or 10 weeks, I think. Yeah. Oh, dude, you're going to make me start screaming. Yeah, yeah 10 weeks away, because I know I started thinking about everything I got to do for instant 10 weeks? Show. That can't be right. Uh, Someone bypass a calendar. June, July, first week in August. That's 10 weeks away. Really? Yep. He's not so, as I was getting to, if you want to meet us, we're going to be at Gen Con running instant game show so uh come by and see us we'll probably be out in the hallways making some kind of uh, hoopla going on and uh 
some more games, some more uh, prizes being given away, and that sort of thing. So definitely come check us and out. Somebody bring a T-shirt that says "Patrick knows calendars better than Josh does." <laughs> I'm just shocked. I know, isn't that crazy? Ten fucking weeks. I, I guess it, it never registers because May always feels like this is the before summertime, and <laughs> Gen Con is like end of summer. Yeah, I know. And in our <laughs> off hours, we'll be begging for money to get home. <laughs> yeah, right. No shit. All right, so on that uplifting note, it's about that time. (laughs) This week in music, movies, and TV. And sports. (laughs) What? (laughs) Random. That was for you, Pat. Thank you. All right. Anyway. I'm, I, the more I think about it, the more confused I get. So I'm just going to keep moving. I'll say the uh, day we have is June 12th, 1981, the release of Clash of the Titans. And uh, in music, Betty Davis Eyes was a number one song in America. Pretty good song. Mm-hmm. Followed by the really early acronym of the week, BWY. That's a bitch won't yodel. <laughs> By Smokey Robinson. Yep. Classic. <laughs> Bitch won't yodel. Oh, my Jesus. I'm sorry. That was, <laughs> I had to mute myself. That hurt so bad. <laughs> oh, my God. No, that's uh, actually Being With You by Smokey oh. Robinson. Being With You. Very close, though. Yeah. yeah. Oh, being With You because the other bitch won't yodel. <laughs> yeah. I got to go put my lungs back in. I'll be right back. <laughs> so, uh, also on the, on the charts, Sukiyaki by A Taste of Honey. And Pat's favorite song of all time, Stars on 45. How could you not love this? Because they're, they're slaughtering the Beatles for one. I can't wait to see what it's going to transition into. God, that's terrible. Yes, because what you should feature in a Beatles song is the cowbell. <laughs> there, when I was working at TJ's, there was a a mashup that would come on that was a mix of Blondie's uh, "Rapture" and "Riders on the Storm," and it was awful. Rapture's "Riders on, on the Storm. Blondie." What's that? "Riders on the Blondie." Oh, see, now we're going a totally different direction. I'd go there. Which I'm cool with, but... All right, so <clears throat> Sarah Ulrika Watkins uh, Hi, Sarah. <laughs> was born on June 8th. She's an American singer-songwriter and fiddler and founding member of the progressive bluegrass group Nickel Creek. In addition to singing and fiddling, Watkins also plays the ukulele and the guitar and also played percussion while touring with the Decemberists. And hmm. hangs out on the roof a lot. Ugh. She's very Dude. talented, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. So, uh, <clears throat> Benjamin. But not Jewish, just to bust that little stereotype for Joel. <laughs> Benjamin Lev Queller was born June 16th and then grew up to become an American singer, songwriter, and multi instrumentalist and a former member of the Benz and Radish. The Benz, which also featured Ben Folds. Oh. Ah. I was hoping that was all one band. The Benz and Radish? Yes. No. Yeah. Well, that's the one I was talking about earlier, and I switched them purposely because it, it was a great band named Radish and the Benz. <laughs> Radish and the Benz. That's even better. <laughs> nice. So, uh, movies. Movies released this week include Clash of the Titans, 
Raiders of the Lost Ark, History of the World Part 1, and Cheech and Chong's Nice Dreams. Guess which one ranked number one? It'd have to be Raiders. Yeah, I, I would think so. Raiders is one of the movies that I recall vividly going to see for the first time. Yeah, it was Raiders. Raiders yeah. was number one. And yeah, I, remember... I mean, Raiders was hyped way in advance of it hitting theaters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I remember um, a good friend of our family saw it before we did, and he told us, he's like, you, he, he came to visit us you know, soon after he had seen it, and he, was, he, he told my father and myself, he's like, you guys have got to go see this movie. He's, he's like, it's the first movie I've ever seen that is just nonstop action. Yeah. <clears throat> I remember us seeing the trailers, and the only disappointment was that the laser stick was not what I thought it was. When he's down in the well of souls and he has the the rod. Because remember, they, <laughs> you were hoping oh. it was a weapon. Yeah, I was like, oh man, he's got like a, it's like a lightsaber, but it's on a he's got like a laser beam sword spear thing, and no, it's just <laughs> like, no, it's just read it like redirected sunlight. Yeah, it's just a map. Matthew was like, man, this is nothing compared to RoboCop. <laughs> That's still I was, had his I was, face melted. Whatever. I was so hyped when he got down there, and I was, it was like that whole little map of the city. Thing. It, was, it was such a cool little miniature setup. Oh yeah, awesome. and in um, I love that movie. We actually watched him this last weekend. And got the. It's cool to be able to pause it, and you can see R two D two and C three PO and the carvings in the wall where they get. Oh yeah, <laughs> and that sort of thing. So, also, Jess Wexler. Jess Wexler. 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 That, that's how I'd say Wexler. <clears throat> Okay, so anyway, that person is born on June 8th. She's best known as the lead in the movie Teeth. Have you ever seen it? I have not seen that. Vagina Dentata. Oh, that's why I'd heard it. You've seen it, right, Joel? Yeah, it's about a girl that has teeth in her vagina. I know what it's about, but I've never seen it. Yeah, I know what it's about, too. Don't want to see it. Now you do. No, I don't. (laughs) No, I mean, now you know what it's about if you didn't. Stop it, Pat. So Natalie Portman <laughs> is an actress, film producer, and film director born in Jerusalem on June 9th to an Israeli father and an American mother. She has dual American and Israeli citizenship as she grew up in the United States from the age of three. Huh. And she's a hell of a rapper. And she's one of she the is. most gorgeous women in the world. Agreed. And she's a heck of an actress. Agreed. What is she even ever... when she even when she was young? That was, you know that was her professional debut in in the professional. Yeah, at twelve, I believe. Yep. That movie was so good. Yeah. <clears throat> what did she direct? Um, <laughs> a lot of shorts. Not like any. I don't think any major movies or anything. Okay. Also, Chris Evans was born June thirteenth. Ah, uh, Captain America. <clears throat> yep. Now I'm and... looking at Natalie. Portman. Johnny Storm. Oh, she uh, was the director of A Tale of Love and Darkness. Tale Say that again? A Tale of sounded, Love and Darkness. Yeah, because you sounded like RoboCop. Nope, that went Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> was Chris Evans... Was he a not... With the, okay. Captain <laughs> America. Yeah, but wasn't he the guy with the hot dog in his ass and not another teen movie? Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah, we, we actually talked about that at some point. I remember that. I don't know why we were world. talking yeah. about that. But. I Because it, you brought up Chris Evans. You put his name on there. No, no, no. I'm talking about before. I remember us talking oh. about that scene before. Yeah, it's not. You don't think it would be like a conversation that comes up more than once in your lifetime. I don't know. It is us. We like, do like to talk about things up our asses. True. So Chris that, Evans is also one of the char- uh, a few actors who has played a Marvel character in a bad Marvel movie and then redeemed himself later. Oh, yep. yeah. He's played a lot of comic book characters, actually. Yeah. He's, so, I think, four or five at this point. Really? Wow. Yeah. Huh. Neat. He was I think in, this one's uh, stuck. He's, he's, yeah. he's got this one, and that's it now. Yeah, now he's been pigeonholed. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> With a <the> hot dog. <laughs> Yikes. Ah. So, TV. Uh, Dallas, 60 Minutes, The Jeffersons, and Three's Company are the top shows in America. That's a good line. Now I'm sad again that Morley Safer died. 
Aww. Is 60 minutes were up? I guess so. <sighs> that so. was fucking good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Pat. Yes. Like, 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 like. <laughs> not, okay, not so good, no. <laughs> so, uh, Alan Ludden, American game show host and TV executive who was noted for his show's Password and Liars Club and was married to Betty White for 18 years, dies of cancer on June 9th. Unrelated. To? Him being married to Betty White for 18 years. <laughs> you better not say that too much, man, because then she'll find you. I know, and she'll Smack kill the me. crap out of you. With cancer. <laughs> she has, with, a, with her cancer, <laughs> cancer alligator. But mar- marriage gives you cancer. <laughs> <clears throat> All right, so sports. So when Betty White dies, cancer will be cured across the nation. <laughs> What? That's she, it. What? She is patient zero in cancer. What? She, <laughs> I'm just saying so... I've never seen Betty White and Dr. Manhattan in the same room. <laughs> <laughs> and Betty White doesn't have cancer. Oh. Uh. What kind of weird-ass hallway are we walking down? <laughs> white blood cell count. Betty White. We, I think we need to meet together and kill Betty White for the sake of humanity. Allegedly legally. Listen humanity. to yourself. <laughs> This is the biggest laugh you're giving yourself is killing Betty White. What's wrong with you? There's a movie. Kill Betty White? Uh, yeah. Betty White dies at the end. Nice. So, uh, sports. I've been told not to look at these. <laughs> I'm not, wow. this one. Now I you have to. Now, now I, I'm going to. This is my first run through on this. So, Russian goddess and tennis semi-pro player Anna Kornikovia was born on June 7th. It was wow. close. How was it? Kornikova. Kornikova? Yeah. Okay. If you can't even get through that one... <laughs> Oh, wow. shit. Yeah, that was, that was the warm-up round. Yeah. <laughs> On June 12th, Larry Holmes TKOs Leon Spinks in three rounds to win the WBC heavyweight boxing title. Okay. Oh, shit. <laughs> Here we go. I just read the next one. Pariana Charonsvall, nicknamed Tomb, also by the stage name Pariana Kitsabusa, and the colloquial name Nong Tomb, is a Thai boxer, form, former Muay Thai champion, model, and actress who was born on June 9th. She is a Katoi, a third, uh, I'm sorry, a Thai third gender with similarities to transgenderism and is also known as a ladyboy. I was just about to look her up. What was great about that is though, I'm certain you said that wrong. You sold it so confidently that we're just going <laughs> to let it slide. He was like a drunken master going through that whole paragraph. He's just like stumbling and bumbling. It's like and all of the consonants it. and vowels were in there. They weren't necessarily in the printed order, but they were there. Yep. And he kicked ass while doing it. Drunken master. <laughs> Style. <laughs> I'm a drunken master linguist. <laughs> All right. So, Johannes Albertus Morkel. <laughs> what? The name's funny, not that you've been. Okay. <laughs> That's a Harry <laughs> Potter name. Yeah. Morkel. Morkel, Morkel. Better known as Abel Morkel. Albie. Albie? Oh, Albie Morkel. Is a South African cricketer, of course, who was born June 10th. He is an all rounder who bowls right arm medium fast and bats left handed. He was earmarked as a new Lance Klusner from an early age and is famous what? for his six hitting abilities. I mean, come on. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Albie Markle's pretty good, but he's no Lance Klusner. <laughs> <laughs> Markle. Markle and Mindy. Oh, what a good show. Oh, my God. I think it's just way too early for those comparisons. Way too early in his career. Yeah. <laughs> you know what that is? We are now currently getting a phone call from someone. <laughs> <laughs> Nikki just picked Nick- up the phone. <laughs> we haven't even Lance released this. Lance is a hack. <laughs> <laughs> I'm coming over. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> I don't oh, know what else to say about that. Hey. That was a great sports section. Yeah, yeah it, it really was. Yeah. Tuck down the shoulder. Plow right through it. Ignore <laughs> anything else. Markle. 
I do know now that a Thai third gender is called Katoi. Yes, Lady Boys Kickboxing. There's a movie to be made. See it. I, I, I'm not gonna lie. I would pay to watch that. We yeah. could get we could get her into our uh, Betty White movie. Betty White versus Nong Tomb. <laughs> <laughs> starring Kids in it's witch. starring in <laughs> it's all Katoi. Can she beat Betty White before the cancer takes her out? <laughs> and we'll get Chris Evans on the sidelines. He'll be the hot the dog hot vendor. Dog. <laughs> All right, that Firing is probably one of the... Betty White while bending over. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure that Marvel's okay with this? Just keep rolling. Isn't this how Patty Davis died? <laughs> All right. Sick callback, bro. <laughs> All right, now, since I have absolutely no control over what's going on anymore... <laughs> should probably start talking about Clash of the Titans. Yeah, so Clash of the Titans. come off. Jim has left the building. Jim has left the building. Sorry. So, uh, then, 1981 was the release of the uh, first Clash of the Titans. Oh, yeah, we're talking about Clash of the Titans. Yeah, we are. Mm-hmm. Did you just... Did we already talk about that? No. I don't think we did, yeah. No, I mentioned it at the beginning. Okay, well, I'll mention it now. We're talking about Clash of the Titans. You don't you don't recall us talking about Zeus being a jerk and don't lend anything to Persis? I'm not really sure. <laughs> talked about during the twee, so... <laughs> That's just amazed how he got here, pretty much. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Where am I by, well, now that it comes up? All right, so then this was directed by Desmond Davis, who... I don't want to be rude, but didn't do a whole hell of a lot. Uh, unsung hero of the 40s, 50s, and 60s. I don't even know. I looked up his looked up his IMDb trying to find like, oh, he did something else. He did a he did a Sherlock Holmes movie called The Sign of the Four, Sign of Four, in 1983, and did something called Time Lost and Time Remembered, starring Sarah Miles and Cyril Cusack. No relation. And it looks like. Clash of the Titans was his biggest thing, because when IMDb, when you look up the name in IMDb, it immediately goes to camera and electrical department instead of, like, director or producer. That is that is what he's known for, apparently. So being a camera operator or a focus puller or a clapper lapper or whatever they are. But he's <laughs> un- I looked it up from 1944 to 1955. He had something to do with filming, and they he's uncredited on all of it. So the African Queen, he was a clapper loader, uncredited. I guess that kind of makes sense considering the way this film seemed to be primarily technical in nature, but also like anchored by some really solid acting. It's like you don't need an awesome director to have Sir Lawrence Olivier be awesome. Oh, yeah. You can just tell, hey, you just tell him, hey, go over there and just be Zeus for a little while. Yeah. Who at living at the time was going to be able to direct Lawrence Olivier, Maggie Smith and Burgess Meredith? Get the guy who's the clapper loader. <laughs> and this, cl- I, thought, like, I thought clapper was the nickname for the women that hung around set, but I was wrong. So. All right, so you clap on, clap off. Yeah. So uh, it's also written by Beverly Cross, who did some other other classics. Who's more to her name? Uh, Sinbad and the Eye of the Tiger. Another uh, um, Ray Harryhausen Ray, joint. Yeah, Ray Harryhausen. Uh, she did also the screenplay for Jason and the Argonauts from 1963. So she's once some, again Harryhausen. Yeah. So, but she's got doesn't have a lot, but what she has on there, she's got some good stuff. Now the cast on this one, holy crap! Are we skipping the? Uh, oh, the trivia. No, I actually put no, it not the not the trivia. The uh, description of the what? film. 
Right, right under Sinbad and the Eye of oh. the Tiger. All right, cool. Synopsis. Uh, it's a film adaptation of the myth of Perseus and his quest to battle both Medusa and the Kraken monster to save the Princess Andromeda. Not much of a synopsis, but there you go. Yeah, well, that's all they really needed. Yeah. Okay, you're Perseus, and uh, that was actually played by uh, Harry Hamlin and his hair and lips. <laughs> yeah, pretty Hamlin. much. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, in order to play Perseus, you pretty much just need to look good. Oh, yeah. You need to look good in a toga. Yep. So <clears throat> let's go. Let's run down this uh, this list here. First off, Laurence Olivier has Zeus, which is perfect casting because absolutely, it's like Marlon Brando is Kal-El or not Kal-El, um, Jor-El. Jor-El. Thank you. Yeah. So uh, Claire Bloom was in there also as uh, Hera. Uh, mm-hmm. She's more of a TV actress. She didn't get a whole lot of lines anyway. No. Yeah, many no. of the gods didn't. Yeah, it was kind of, the gods were kind of weird, but she was, she's right now, she's been in uh, The Midsummer Murders and uh, the TV show Doc Martin. Gods must be crazy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She's that all, show all about shoes? Yes, that's exactly what that is. She is. She is. She is. Uh, also, Maggie Smith. Oh, uh, yeah, no the incomparable me. Maggie Smith. Oh. A young, attractive Maggie Smith. Yeah, yeah she, she was kind of, she's kind of like 70s hot there, you know? Mm-hmm. So she was uh, Thetis. She was a MILF. Maggie, I'd like to fuck. <laughs> speaking, speaking of, Ursula Andress as yeah, Aphrodite. Yeah, totally underused. I'm not sure right. she spoke. She didn't really know. Well, I don't think so. She had, I think she had like a line. Yeah, maybe, yeah. I think, and it was like, pretty. yes, Zeus. Yeah, I was going to say that line was, I'm pretty. <laughs> and then uh, Jack Willem as uh, Poseidon. <laughs> and his flowing underwater hair. That was pretty <laughs> much just like go and like release the kraken while holding your breath. That's he yeah. looked very angry while he was underwater. They're like, why am I down here? What a damn it, Zeus! Can Who you imagine? You? He's like he, he's like this old man, classically trained actor, and he's like, I don't understand why I have to do this with my hair. <laughs> I can just act my hair to move. <laughs> so also Susan Fleetwood. Did anybody any recognize her as Athena? Yeah, no. Susan Fleetwood. She was. Do you remember we watched um, Young Sherlock Holmes? Oh yeah. She was the crazy bald nurse lady from uh, from that one. Oh, the villain. Yeah. Oh, no, that was her. Pat Roach as Hephaestus. Oh yeah, and Pat Roach. We were talking about uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. He played three different characters in Raiders. Yep. Yeah, he and was. He was the- in- Oh, it was the monkey man, the big Nazi boxer guy, and he was uh, at the beginning uh, Baranka, the uh, guy who ends up the guy who ends up dead with all the poison darts in his back. He was also in Last Crusade, Temple of Doom, and Willow. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. a famous Hollywood stuntman and actor. <clears throat> oh. I'm a big fan of Pat Roach, mainly because of that Indiana Jones uh, trivia. Nice. All right, so we got Pat Roach and Harry Hamlin as Persis, uh, Judy Bowker, Persis. Perseus. Perseus. <laughs> Fuck off. I was going to let it go, but I'll correct you. I was you. too. Yeah, I'll... <laughs> about and it. Pat is obviously <laughs> in the mood to crack shit on me tonight. So <laughs> Judy Bowker is Andromeda. And her giant tracks of land. Yes. Lovely giant tracks. What else was she? Is that? She was and in something weird later on. The next guy you're going to mention, I thought was going to be really out of place, but he actually ended up being my favorite part of the whole movie. Uh, she was in Black Beauty in 72. Oh, okay. In Burgess Meredith as Ammon. You, why were you surprised about Burgess Meredith? Uh, you just look at the rest of the cast and it, he just felt like he was going to be kind of out of place. Like he's like, come on, Perseus. 
let's do this. You know, like he was going to, but he was, he was really, he stole the movie in my opinion. He's an actual actor. Yeah. He's a really good actor. I, I, I know. I just, I, I'm so used to him in Rocky that it was hard for me to detach him from that. So it was nice to see him in another role. And, and like I said, he just, he was also I, the penguin in the, I Batman loved watching show. him. Yeah. He's got range is what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm with you. He was in a bunch of stuff. Like you, mm-hmm. you go to see any of the uh, sci-fi stuff from the '60s, you'll find him on Twilight Zone. Oh yeah, yeah. I was just about to reference Twilight Zone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. One of my favorite episodes. He was also the narrator for the movie too. So, time enough at last. Yeah, and God, he did a lot of like uh, a lot of the Night Gallery, mm-hmm. such and that. Yeah, I mean he he's got a great great. How range. dare you doubt Burgess Meredith? Yeah, get off my podcast. <laughs> I didn't doubt him. I'm singing his praises. <laughs> yeah, he he was really really good in this. Yeah, and yep. then we had a uh, Sian. Sian. It might be That's pronounced a, Sean, but uh, I, I don't yeah, know. yeah, maybe Sean. I, I would yeah. guess Sean. Sean yeah. Phillips is Cassiopeia, uh, who played the uh, Lord Mother in Dune. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. That's where I knew her from. Yeah. So definitely, you know, she also did something called Bella Fleece gave a party. That was a short in 19, 2012. <laughs> I don't know what that's about, but. <laughs> The hell of a party. So, but yeah, so, I mean, the cast is, I mean, not often the movies that we watch we can say is an all-star cast, but this is a huge lineup. It's a who's who of the of the 80s. Oh, yeah. yeah. Solid, solid. Be like, like if you had this, you know, this kind of cast today, it'd be like, you know, Ian McKellen and Patrick Stewart and, you know, uh, Judy Dench and all kind of, you know. Oh, yeah. Well, Smith re- again. <laughs> we'll Ellen be Aaron. revisiting the awesome cast and whether or not they were well used in the remake. Yeah. So, but uh, some trivia. Harry Hamlin and Ursula Andress uh, had a relationship during the production of this movie, which produced a son, Dimitri, born in 1980. Good on him. They showed each other their pecs. (laughs) And his sword of Zeus. And sadly, uh, despite being notable for its stop motion effects. (laughs) He fucked all the lines out of her. I thought he was going to say he lost the sword. Uh, This picture was not nominated for either makeup or visual effects. Crying shame. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. Well, I'm mean, getting no love from well, the Oscars. If you're coming up against the same year as Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh yeah, but they nominate more than one movie. I know, but I mean, it's I'm I'm thinking focus okay. was elsewhere this year, and uh, believe it or not, uh, Alan Dean Foster wrote a novelization of this movie that was first published in 1981. And the only reason I put that in because I don't I think he's written a novelization of every movie since. It seems like every movie's got Alan Dean Foster writing the novelization on it. Huh. Got, somebody got to work. Well, yeah. But uh, oh, last one. This was the first and only film by Ray Harryhausen to get a PG rating. In the past, all his films were approved and, as of 1969, rated G, especially the 1970s re-releases of some of his older films. And you know what PG gets you in 81? Tits and ass. That's what that gets you right there. Oh, yeah. Apparently, yeah. Yep. yep. Another one of those watching that with the family and get the look. I thought this was PG. I'm like, yes, it is. It <laughs> is. So was Airplane. Pair of gazangas. <laughs> Two pairs. Yeah. And I'll raise you. A- <laughs> yeah. So, and I don't know if any of you out there have not seen this. You're missing out. Yeah. I have. I remember loving this when I first saw it as a kid. And over the years, somehow I picked up this negative impression of the movie. Uh, like it was super cheesy and corny. So I guess when I went back to watch it, my expectations were super low. 
It was, for me also, it was a, I remember watching it, remember loving it, but I think part of it was the fact that I remember remember loving it so much that when I when you get to it, you're like, I really don't want this to suck. Yeah, I was convinced this was not going to age well. Yeah. Oh, and hey, I just wanted to jump in here real quick with the movie novelization thing for the Alan Dean Foster. Things that he has novelized. Dark Star, The Black Hole, Clash of the Titans, Outland, The Thing, Krull, The Last Starfighter, uh, the book based on Shadowkeep, the video game. Starman, Pale Rider, The Dig, it's all click and point video game, and then The Chronicles of Riddick. And I can't believe there's a whole industry out there of, of people like watching a movie and just then writing a book about what they just watched. Okay, Alien, Aliens, and Alien 3, Alien Nation, uh, he's Transformers movies, he's written in novelizations for all those, Star Trek uh, movies, he's pretty much wrote all the novelization for those. It's much harder to take a book and turn it into a movie than to do the reverse. Yeah. You know, somebody that I just realized we forgot, not necessarily the actor himself, but uh, the character of, of Calibus, played by Neil McCarthy, was another Wait, who main sounds character. sounds like Vincent Price? Yeah. Yeah. Who was old at the time already, but, uh, you know, I just I just realized that he hadn't been mentioned and he is kind of a major character. Well, he's yes. pretty far down the cast list, so that makes sense. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I, I just, he, he was one of the other things that kind of stood out for me. Because he had he many more able, lines than Aphrodite. Yeah, he was able to emote through the makeup and was quite, pretty menacing despite having kind of a weird character design. Yeah, he, he kind of looked like the McDonald's man on the moon. I thought he kind of looked like Dio. I thought he was a Jewish demon. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, pretty much Calabos and Thetis are your main antagonists here. And even though the script plays really fast and loose with Greek mythology, and it's just like, yeah, we're going to throw in some stuff from Labors of Hercules. We'll throw in some stuff from the Odyssey. No one knows. It's fine. <laughs> I didn't notice. See, it's fine. Yeah. 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 So first thing I noticed, the king has fillings. Yep. Acretius, <laughs> I noticed that too. First thing, Acretius is standing there shouting at the sky, and I'm like, damn, they were advanced. <laughs> like this guy's had major dental work done. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, Acretius played by Donald Houston, who was like in every World War II movie from like the late 50s through almost like 1970. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's just goes to show you the pedigree on this movie. Even the people who are only in there for 10 minutes or less had some serious background. So, but um, the king has fillings. What did I write here? McGonagall is in this, and she's kind of hot. Uh, <laughs> it's her- interesting that you go to McGonagall first. Just of all the characters, I, I oh, it just because me. oh, be, uh, the only reason I go to McGonagall is because out of every day I come home from work, there is a probably uh, three in ten chance that a, some Harry Potter movie is playing when I walk in the door. So <laughs> the first one I go to with her as well. Yeah, and then uh, interesting rotoscope right off the bat, a rotoscope seagull in the very beginning. Oh yeah, very yeah. obvious. Yeah, and uh, apparently all the gods do is they come in and they all stand in those spots all day. Right. It's very boring being a god. You just got to stand there and listen to Zeus. Yeah, Watch and then him he, and play then with he, his action figures or his inaction figures. <laughs> yeah, and then he they're does not roll dolls, call. They're action figures. <laughs> then we have the god roll call. You know, he doesn't. Yeah. There was a lot of <laughs> expositional script in this. What are they going to do up there? I was pretty okay with that because there was less tell don't show in this than there was in the remake. I know I'm getting ahead of myself. But uh, th- there was a uh, there was some I'm telling the story, but not as much. I'm just standing here talking about the plot. <laughs> well, there was an entire scene of nothing but exposition in this one where he, Harry Hamlin is standing there talking to the soldier who's swatting the flies away. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, 
well, what about this plot point? Oh, well, this. Well, what about this plot point? Oh, well, this. Yeah. Welcome to town, stranger. Let me tell you the entire history and all the inside <laughs> scoop. <laughs> you know, you think you'd walk into that town, see the guy burning there, and be like, what's going on here? You know what? It's cool. I'll go to the He's next like, hey, town. move along, buddy. Move <laughs> along. I'll He's find like, oh, another I'll... town. <laughs> One, my question is, after the very beginning, they released the Kraken. Why does the Kraken just not come back? He's a, he's a Titan. Why does, why doesn't they let him go? And he's just like, well, crap, there he goes. He's controlled by Poseidon. Then why does Poseidon always look so scared every time he opens if he's controlling it? It's probably a very loose form of control. (laughs) It's like owning a pack of pit bulls. You can only control it for so long. Uh, They gotta go back in the cage or they'll bite you. Got it. And, and Zeus ultimately is control over Poseidon, so I mean, the, the, the Kraken knows where his bread's buttered. But also the Kraken has, well, anyway, whatever. Yeah. I don't remember the Kraken <laughs> you, appearing so quickly. You came I've so seen... close to making a point there. What hell? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to allow myself to do that. You don't remember it showing up that quick? Yeah, because I've actually seen this movie uh, since I was a kid. I remember being a big fan of this movie when I was a kid. And I've seen, I saw it again, like, I don't know, eight years ago or so. It was on cable and I watched it again. And so I knew what I was getting coming into it. So I didn't have any kind of preconceived notions or anything. So it'll be interesting to talk about it. We are talking about it. Like, that's what we're doing, dude. (laughs) But I'm saying, like, I want you guys to keep going and I will, you know, I will chime in. Yeah. Like I said, this was not a a refresher to me. This was a brand new refresher. Hadn't seen it since the 80s. And I really expected this to not be very good. And I was very pleasantly surprised at how well it held up. Yeah. I was, like I said, I was, I was concerned that my memories were doing me wrong but i'm the same boat with you josh i was very happy to see that this was great stuff still see and i wasn't 100 percent sure that i'd ever seen it all the way through because as a kid i remember when it was out and it was it was a big deal and i remember there was um i, I swear there was action figures or something from it some sort of toy tie-in oh yeah and um remember seeing the toys and kind of thinking it was kind of neat but i was afraid of the same thing and i gotta say there were some parts that definitely felt very 80s but harry helson's work kind of made me forget all the 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 foibles that were very obvious you know the 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 layover work and the the shots that were masked in or whatever screen green screen or blue screen or whatever it was oh yeah where you saw uh, like the (laughs) waves masked in yeah how very badly the handling of the first kraken attack was Uh, i see i wouldn't say badly for the time it wasn't like stuff you were seeing coming out of George Lucas's, but I, I don't know. I thought it was still pretty good for the time. Well, you know what it was? It was old movie makers doing what they knew how to do. You know, hey, we're we're going to have the, – the town is going to be destroyed by these giant waves. We're going to green screen you guys, and you just pretend that these giant waves are coming over you. See, I think the problem that with this movie is unlike the guys at ILM doing, you know, Star Wars and stuff around the same – era is these are the old school guys not the young guys not the new guards coming in and they're the young they're the old school guys trying to do what they do and still learn the new stuff and it looks a lot less natural coming from them than it does the guys who grew up with it well and it seemed to kind of get its legs a bit more the further it went in because like the sequence with medusa or the second kraken attack felt much more natural and it it was blended a lot better yeah i actually believe um, i mean you know again not to you know spoil the second half of the show but i liked the medusa in this movie better than i did in the second one well i think the medusa in this movie formed my mental image of what medusa looked like like lifetime yeah 
Well, and I never realized that that was that the creature was the kraken because when I was a kid, I didn't know what a kraken was. But now, you know, it's part of pop culture in a lot of ways. And so when I saw it, I'm like, that's not the kraken. And then then I was like, well, it's this kraken. Well, yeah, and also that sort of design you saw again a little bits of shades from Creature of the Black Lagoon. Harryhausen used uh, a similar creature design for other beasts from the deep. Had a very particular look for monster movies. <clears throat> it's like, this is a monster that comes from the sea. This is just sort of what they look like. They always have catfish lips and gills. Yeah. But it was, it's very iconic to this day. And, and when I saw it again, it just, it made me have that kind of warm, fuzzy feeling from my childhood. Cause mm-hmm. I remember when it was, well, Mike just posted in the chat the, a link to the, the toys that they had out. And I remember that Kraken toy. I didn't have it, but I remember seeing it and thinking it was cool. Oh, yeah. And that, and, um, Ray Harryhausen's stop motion at this point. I mean, this is near the end of his career, mm-hmm. but especially if you look at uh, Pegasus, Pegasus and Medusa, just how smoothly they move, especially Pegasus, really. I mean, it's like the movement of the horse galloping through the air and the movement of uh, Medusa, do, you know, slithering around. That guy is, I mean, his, he's never going to be copied. There's never going to be anybody that can do what he does. Well, and well, Bubo, some of the jerky nature, uh, nature of stop motion works really well for Bubo actually being a mechanical creation, a copy of the <clears> owl <throat> made by Hephaestus. Holy cow. Do you know, when did Ray Harryhausen die? 2013. Yeah. He was born wow. in 1920. Yeah, there were some big tributes that came out around that time, but yeah. um, the, the, some of the Pegasus stuff was done so cleverly that it 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 made it work more than some of the other effects, like the the silhouette shots or you know things like that, where um, it kind of took you out of that. And you're right. I mean, the 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 owl, <laughs> you can buy one of those on on Amazon right now for like thirteen bucks, like a nice. prop that you can wear. Nice. So yeah, but um, you know what else did I have? first off? What else did I write? Being a god means standing around and watching Zeus be a dick to everybody. Yes. Yeah, I mean, once, like I said earlier, consistent with the mythology. Yeah. And really strong performances, not only from who you expect, Sir Laurence Olivier uh, and uh burgess meredith in particular singled out but you've also got great performances from some of the character actors like the stygian witches i thought they yeah. were awesome oh yeah, yeah. with that with that little the crystal globe and all that yeah yeah very uh shakespearean yeah um what can we talk about that sword for a minute um uh, okay when it when it comes down and he picks it up and or he sees it and he's like he's like there's a sword and he looks it up and i'm like it's been bejeweled <laughs> or bedazzled or whatever i was like, like wow my favorite part of that is this sword appears out of nowhere and burgess meredith gets it you know he, he and perseus just hands it to him you know he and his first instinct is like well i'm just gonna strike this marble with it and like, imagine if he had just fucked the sword up and yeah. he's like, oops my bad he just hands it right back to him like, well it doesn't matter after he got the helmet he ran skipping down the street wait you left your shield and sword (laughs) uh yeah stuff is just falling out of the sky for him yeah and this talking shield yeah so but um yeah it was weird it only talked once it was like you have one new message from (laughs) zeus and i'm he's like i'm clippy yeah. <laughs> Harry Hammond's like, nope, X. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the first thing he does is creep on uh, Andromeda. Yep. That, that's Andromeda? Hang on, I got I got an invisibility <laughs> helmet I had to go work with here. <laughs> and even her later on, she's like, you watched me when I was sleeping? <laughs> Let's not worry too much about that. Yeah. I love ba- you. Baby, baby, don't pay attention to that. <laughs> <laughs> Yodel for me. Oh, <laughs> and that vulture. 
Yeah, why didn't Giant Buzzard Travel never catch on? Well, why didn't he just climb into the cage if he wanted to know where it went? Because well, it was the ghost cage? No, yeah, and it might pretty... change the weight of the cage. That's that's reasonable, I guess. Yeah. Well, and as much as Pegasus looked nice and, and Harryhausen did a great job, very ineffective method of travel, because he travels about as slow as driving down to Harlem to get to yeah, downtown Chicago. <laughs> I he's know galloping, for, his wings are going, and he's like, uh, can we speed it up a little especially bit? Especially at the end when he was they're trying to swoop in and save her with the head of Medusa. It's like they kept cutting back to him like flying over the same mountain range. <laughs> right. The he's Kraken kind of stuck in for, second gear. Yeah. <laughs> the Kraken stops for lunch. No, no, no. It's I like s- the scene in the Holy Grail where they just keep cutting back and forth. They're just further and further away. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a very ineffective method of travel. But uh, when he was on the ground, he was cool. What did you guys think of Bubo? I always remember loving Bubo, and he was still awesome. I mean, he was kind of like Greco-Roman R2-D2 in this. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Bubo was fine when they weren't trying too hard to use him as comic relief. That was the only like, issue I had, is that he, he kind of took away from the mood of the film a bit. Because it's supposed to be representative of a creature that he's all-knowing and all-seeing, and all they're doing is like using it for stop time pratfalls. Yeah, like dick and fart jokes. Yeah, you know, minus the dick and fart. <laughs> so just jokes, <laughs> right? Well, you you remember when she they're still up and and uh, when Zeus tells her that he's gonna give the give him the owl and she's lovingly like this bird is very sedate and like cuddled next to her and just really like you can tell that they're bonded and then here's this like. Pat Roach is like, I'm going to add some crazy. (laughs) (laughs) He's basically basically like, hey, give my son your familiar. And she's like, Uh, no, here, give him a retarded familiar instead. (laughs) He's not stupid. He's advanced. (laughs) I mean, I liked him. And as a kid, I would have been just absolutely floored by that. that Yeah, I loved people when I was a kid. Exactly. That's like the toy you wished you had, like a real, like, moving, talking Bebo and Rocksteady. It would have been nice to finally have a friend. Bebo? Bubo. Bubo? Why did he have a crutch at the end? Legal, legal, legal. <laughs> did you see his little crutch? Uh, yeah. No? No, no oh, I missed yeah, that. Yeah, at the very end, his, 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 after he fell down the mountain, his foot had a, uh, his foot had a little cast on it, and he had a little, <laughs> little bird crutch. <laughs> I missed that. Yeah, I don't remember that either. You don't remember I mean, that? He got a shit rocked a few times, so yeah. I guess so. But he saved the day with the Stygian witches. That's true. Catch the. Well, eye. It was nice of them to hold it up in the air for him to grab. Yeah, when As he was announcing. on uh, what's his face, Burgess Meredith's character's shoulder, he was where had his little crutch. Mm-hmm. But what else? Uh, oh, well, back to the the Medusa thing. Again, you were talking about that. And even though it was a bit more slower paced and it wasn't as much action in reality, if that was something that would have happened, which obviously wouldn't. I mean, it was much more realistic to me in, in terms of, you know, how that would have gone down. I don't know. It felt a bit more real to me than the the newer the remake version. Plus so the character just, design. Just a very very lightning quick recap of the plot to this point. We've got he is the son of Zeus and Acrisius's wife, uh, who is thrown into a coffin into the sea. Zeus gets mad, destroys the whole island, which was a bit of an overreaction, but whatever, <laughs> Zeus. <laughs> um, he grows up with Zeus's protection. And meanwhile, on this other island, the son of Thetis has pissed off Zeus by hunting all of his winged horses. So they make him into a monster. His girlfriend dumps him. Thetis curses the girlfriend, the queen, and the land. That is pretty ballsy, though. Yeah. I'm going to kill all the Pegasus. He was a hunter. 
So, I'm not saying it's right, but I mean that's why he did it. Uh, Thetis decides to drop grown-up Perseus into this mess that her kid created in order to have the son of Zeus suffer at least a little bit like her son did. And then Perseus immediately macks on her son's girlfriend, cuts off her son's hand, kind of blows up in her face. Yeah. What kind of, and that's gotta be kind of, imagine living in that time, that time period where, you know, I'm gonna go to sleep in this field over here, take a, take a nap, open up your eyes, and then you're in a completely different friggin' place. <laughs> well, and considering the time period, the stones on Cassiopeia, it's like all of the shit the gods do over these minor transgressions, she's gonna stand in front of the statue of Thetis and declare her daughter to be prettier. Oh, right. I know, it's right? Like, what the fuck are you smoking? <laughs> I mean, cause this is obviously not like actual ancient Greece because there's no denying that the gods exist in this world. And so, yeah, you're taking a huge, huge risk standing in front of a statue and insulting it. Oh, in her temple. Right. She's in the. On, yeah, the island, yeah. on the island where the gods have already fucked shit up for <laughs> lesser offenses. Right? And you're going to stand there and be like, yeah, like, this bitch is hotter than this <laughs> statue up here. What? And the whole Not time, smart. whole time her daughter's like, don't do that, mom. Right, yeah. No, yeah. Ma, seriously. Ixnay, Ixnay, mom. This is not going to end well for me. <laughs> So Perseus they, they, has. They, sorry, I'm, I'm just. She's okay. imagining. She's like, look what they did to my boyfriend. Shut up. <laughs> no. So Perseus has to figure out how to kill the Kraken because basically Thetis has been offended. She's petitioned Zeus for the right to be an even bigger douche because that's what he does. <laughs> yep. He says, "Fine, yeah, they fucked with you. You can be a douche." And she says, "We're killing all of you with the Kraken unless you sacrifice your daughter." And uh, Perseus says, best plan is to figure out how to kill the Kraken. Seems right. legit. They Ooh. go to the Stygian witches. <laughs> well, that's like, I think we should kill the Kraken. Awesome idea. All right. Who knows how to kill the Kraken? Right. <laughs> oh. So, yeah, the Stygian witches and where they ask them their questions and get directed to uh, Medusa. Who lives on the island of death. Pretty much to have an excuse to uh, have the river sticks and Karen, the ferryman of the damned, in the movie. Yeah, because there's Which, no reason at all for her to live past the river sticks. Right. Incidentally, the that that portrayal was that that uh, I loved Karen, and and it, compared to the, the the remake, I much prefer the original. I agree. So <laughs> we we get to the epic battle with Medusa, the Titan who he's going to sick on the other Titan, the Kraken, and the famous, the, what the actual story is about, the story of how Perseus managed to cut off the head of the Medusa by looking at uh, the reflection in uh, in the shield, which he leaves in a puddle of lava blood or something. Which magically jumps out of his arms like a, and sticks to something like a magnet. Yeah. <laughs> And w- well, and it wasn't until later. Uh, that's that's immediately what I thought too, because he's like he throws a shield over, it lands on that statue, and then later on you see that they've got it wedged in the in the uh, in his arm. Yeah. So, but now that's good tossing there, dude. Um. <laughs> so and the- then after killing Medusa, you, you got the badass scene with Karabos, uh deciding to stab the head of Medusa to make the blood, which we know is a deadly toxin, turn into scorpions. How metal is that? Yeah. But I will say that it annoyed me in this movie how much of a bitch Perseus was because that snake that was on his sword was a python. It wasn't poisonous. At worst, it's going to bite you, and you're just going to grab it and throw it off of yourself. I've owned pythons. I've been bitten by them. It's no big deal. Stop being a bitch. Pick your sword up. Well, but he didn't have Google. How was he going to know? 
yeah, snakes are scary, and it was trying to take his sword. He eventually manned up and grabbed it. Bullshit. Yeah. I mean, it, after everybody already, after like a guy already died, a guy died because he didn't want to face a non-venomous snake, bitch. Uh, maybe he was just like, you guys got that two-headed wolf thing, right? I- I'm dealing with a really big snake over here. <laughs> I mean, it's like like six feet Dude, long. You I'll be right back. It's kind of <laughs> like in a hole. You really can't see it. As soon as I get this it. icky snake off of my sword, I'll be over to help you. Snakes. I hate snakes. And then suddenly he cuts off Medusa's head and he has no problem touching snakes. Yeah. Well. I, I just, like, he, he was just like, shit. Okay, those guys didn't take care of the two-headed wolf thing. I guess I got to sack up and... I still, I still love the choreography of the fights from these. Yeah. You know, it's this one, this one is pretty good. This one, the fight with the, which was supposed to have been Cerebus, but they didn't want to put a third head on it because they thought it would take too long. They just because of like logistics for animating a third head. So that's why Cerebus only had two in this one. But, and they renamed him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, um, you think back to Jason and the Argonauts. First thing that pops in your head is a skeleton fight. Oh, yeah. And the definitely. amount of choreography of the guys fighting to make sure that they're in the right place when those little bitty skeletons get animated into the scene. I mean, it's still, I, I mean, it's old tech. It's really old tech, but it's still fantastic. So that's all I got to say about that. <laughs> all yeah, right. They renamed Cerebus because it only had two heads, Dioskelos. Because that's easier to say, too. That <laughs> sounds Greek. Expanacopita. <laughs> So we got we got the head. They fought the giant scorpions. There weren't any giant scorpions. Yeah, they were. Yeah, there were. There were three giant scorpions in the original. Yeah. Yes. yes. Big fight scene. Like, Jesus. Did I, did I get the director's cut? I don't remember. You don't. That. He. Do you remember he stabbed the the Medusa's head and the blood came out and they turned into scorpions? Calibos comes in over. the remake. Yeah. No. In, oh. the, in the new one. I mean the old one. Yeah, and and in the new one, uh, the scorpion showed up before Medusa did. Yeah. Hold on, I'm going back to look at this because I do not remember that part. Yeah, it was pretty much a bit, it was the way to take care of the horses and all of the remaining, uh, friends, basically. I missed that. Uh, yeah, at the end, uh, forcing Perseus to send Bubo after Pegasus. Pretty much all of his remaining men and all of his remaining horses are scared off or killed by the giant scorpions. Huh. I really seriously missed that. I don't know how. That was That's so weird. Plus, it was like a good three minute fight, too. So, well, trust us. It's a, it was cool. Yeah. So then uh, in the must meantime, have went to get some food. Anyway, in the meantime, they're uh, strapping. Um, what's her name to the rock? Uh, Andromeda. Andromeda's getting, you know, the the Kraken's being released. So Pierces has to get though quickly. So he hops on the slowest horse ever. <laughs> Because that's what you do. Well, yeah. You have to arrive dramatically appropriate. Well, it was right. also kind of like the Kraken was like, oh, there she is. Yeah, he was kind of fucking around. Yeah, it was. He was like, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go get her. If too bad there's not anybody here to stop me. And then ma- a giant mama Kraken shows up and is like, stop playing with your food. <laughs> She's totally going to be a sacrifice in 10. I swear I'm going to eat you. <laughs> Nom, 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 <laughs> See, and he shows up. I, the, the glowy eye thing from, uh, from the, uh, Medusa, Med- Medusa. Yeah, Medusa eyes were always pretty cool. Yeah. They were like, right before she turns something to stone. Yeah. So badass. And then he turns to stone and collapses under the weight of his own statue, which was actually pretty cool and probably how it would happen. Yeah. Yep. And then all the, all the fishermen are like, hey, are you going to move that? <laughs> <laughs> no, my, my first thought is like, 
he, when he throws Medusa's head into the ocean, I'm like, well, there goes every fucking fish in the area. That's well, exactly what I thought. No, see, no, my like, first thing was... Suddenly, all the fishermen are pulling up, like, fish that are stone. Well, I was... Besides just floating down there. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> that was just my... No, my first thought was thinking, that's going to wash up. <laughs> you know, Right, some kid's like, oh, hey, it's... <laughs> Like, so you know, all the crabs that eat her head, suddenly there's a whole industry of crabs that stone when you crabs. eat them, you turn to stone. Ah. Oh, stone crabs. Perseus, what happened to the head of Medusa? I don't know, man. I lost it. <laughs> I <laughs> some just to fuck up. It's somewhere with the helmet. I don't know. <laughs> That's pretty much his, his, uh, his move. Have Give you him seen a my cubic zirconian sword? <laughs> What's a cubic? <laughs> I, I lost it just like yeah, I lost Medusa's head just like I lost my helmet, my shield. Uh, what else? Bebo. I don't know what the hell that thing is. Why do you keep uh, calling Andromeda's... him Bebo? Oh, wait. What? Bubo. Bubo. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever, man. So. He's such a cocky little demigod. <laughs> on that note, thumbs up and thumbs down. Are we doing that now or are we going to wait till yeah, the end? Let's do it. Well, cause I'm oh, going to real quick, this. before we give this judgment, I'm going to say my little bit of a viewpoint because like i said i saw this movie about you know eight to ten years ago or so so it was still kind of fresh in my mind and i remember watching it back then and enjoying it again like you guys did just now you know it's like you're watching it again you're like all right it's, it's kind of holding up whatever don't watch it again that's my recommendation the third to you time you mean the third time doesn't hold up anymore like, i just watched this whole thing going oh god this is awful it's like the weight of the kraken finally came to bear just everything and... just i mean there were very there was very the, the scorpion fight scene and the Medusa scene were probably the only things that were were acceptable, and even those were still kind of dated. Everything else just was, it was just so obvious how bad everything was and how dated it was. So don't watch it the third time. That's my recommendation. Oh, man. See, I think you, you gotta, you gotta put on a different hat when you watch this. You got, you got. <laughs> I've been capable of doing that. We've been over this. I know. So but I mean, this is one of those where you have to, you have to, you have to approach this one and watch it like, like you did when the first time you saw it. You gotta know it's old. You gotta real, you know what you're going in for. And if you accept that, accept that it's a, it's a movie made in 81 with a bunch of old, you know, old, uh, Harryhausen. This is literally Harryhausen's last movie. Yeah, but I mean, I'm just saying, you know, the, the, the problem, I mean, that's the way I went into it the second time, and then the third time I'm going into it, you know, already knowing what I'm going to be going into because there's there's less nostalgia because you're like I already don't have to worry about whether I'm going to like it or not. You you sit there and you're like, all right, I know it, I know it was okay, and then it just kind of everything is kind of glaring all of a sudden because you're not looking at it with the rose colored glasses anymore. Well, and I admitted at the beginning that probably the reason I liked it so much this time around is because I expected it to suck. Right, and that's what I'm saying. It's like now you know what it is. And going into it the third time, it just it didn't hold up anymore. That's fair. Cool. So take a break, and we'll come back. Are we doing thumbs up? Thumbs yeah, up? let's. let's we, I thought we just I, did that. No, did. I, I postponed it. For oh, a second. yeah. I am a thumbs up, but I understand that Pat's probably right. If I watch it again, I might change my vote. I'm obviously a thumbs down. Oh, that makes me sad. <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, yes, it's dated. Uh, Yes, uh, there are some things that I really liked about it and things that made me nostalgic, but uh, on the whole, I, I don't know that I need to see it again. Um, I, I so don't know what, that I what might. What is that in thumbs? I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna give it a sideways thumb kinda up. Three quarters of a thumb? I, yeah. That is the longest way of anybody saying I kinda liked it. All right, Mike, I mean, yeah, I mean, I enjoyed it for what it was, but I don't know that I'd need to see it again because there was a lot of parts of it that I didn't care for. Thumbs up, watching it again. Right. I enjoy this. This is this is my kind of uh, your kind of camp. Yeah, 
give me, you know, give me a thing of uh, Captain Crunch, Jason and the Argonauts, Clash of the Titans, and the Fifth Voyage of Sinbad, and I'm good for Saturday. See, I I like my camp in music, and you like your camp in movies. Yep, I like my camp in Crystal Lake. You do like your camp in horror. Yeah. All I right, like camping. <laughs> oh, camping sucks. All right, so when we come back, we're going to talk about the uh, remake, the new Clash of the Titans with Sam Worthington. Yeah, be back in a little bit. And let me go refresh our Kraken. <laughs> oh, I wish I had rum. <laughs> I, oh, I got to handle that upstairs. Oh. Uh oh. Drink enough for all of us. No, no, I don't. I only have one handle. <laughs> All right, we are back and to get some more Titan on. Sounds like something that should cost money. But <laughs> <laughs> what? It's a song by Archie Bell and the Drills. Yes, getting your Titan on. I love that song. Me too. So we watched 2010's Clash of the Titans for the for the now. Uh, Want to say it's kind of the same plot, but sort of, is. sort of, but not. Uh, this one starring Sam Worthington as uh, Perseus. Liam Neeson as Zeus, Ralph Fiennes as Hades, and yeah, I'll get to it later. But uh, Jason Fleming as Calibos Acrisius, Gemma Artenton as Io, Alexa Davalos as Andromeda, Tyne Stoffelfeld. This is worse than sports. Good God. <laughs> Danae, Mads Mikkelsen as Draco, Luke Evans. Oh, there's one. Apollo. How far are we going down on this thing? Well, uh, there are... That's what she I, said. <laughs> there are some... Uh, actors in here that are pretty big who maybe you don't know them necessarily uh but liam cunningham yeah liam cunningham uh i I think that the guy who played uh the main war boy in uh mad max fury road was in this too yeah nicholas holt huh uh, and then Mad Mickelson, who's was Hannibal on the TV series and is a pretty well known German actor. And um, he played the villain in Casino Royale with the Weedy And he, uh, oh, that's right. He's doing a lot of stuff these days. He's getting really big. Yeah, we kept seeing Game of Thrones alumni as we went through here because, like, the guy who plays the Hound is a very minor part in this. Yeah, you they, see him get stabbed like in in a second in like the first fight. <laughs> but he's in it. So yeah. So the um the IMDb. Rundown on this is, Pyrrhus, demigod, son of Zeus, battles the minions of the underworld to stop them from conquering heaven and earth, which is not right at all. I think they're thinking of Wrath of the Titans, maybe? I don't know. Nah, it's Clash. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I gotta say, a lot more plot in this one than the first one. Uh, this is this is one of those remakes <clears throat> that did a good job of answering a lot of the questions that the first movie didn't really solve or didn't or, or just just ignored <laughs> better explaining things than the first movie. Yeah. See, you said the words good and better, and I'm already going to disagree with you. <laughs> <laughs> like what question? Pat? I all right. Spoilers. I actually enjoyed this. And wow. See, I thought this was a steaming pile. Oh, see, I'm I'm on Pat's side on this one. I enjoyed I, this too. I hated it when I saw it in the theater and somehow it got worse with age, which sucks because the cast is brilliant. Yeah, I'm just the opposite. I I liked it less when I saw it in the theater and I liked it more in this on the second viewing. Uh 
Joel's I enjoyed a, it. First time or first, first time, time I ever it? seen it. Yeah. Okay. No, Oof. no desire to see it until we did the show, and I don't know that it's anything I need to watch again. But well, before we get too far into this, let's do the trivia thing real quick. Yeah. We always do that first. Okay. Okay. So Sam Worthington's sandals are actually Nike trainers with toes painted on them. Yes. <laughs> he didn't wear sandals because you can't do the stunts he did and wear sandals, and they <laughs> make him fall down. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the volcano scenes that were shot were at the Dinoric Slate Quarry in Wales. This location is also used in Willow and Street Fighter. There's some pedigree there a, right there, Street Fighter. Yeah. There was a volcano scene in Street Fighter? I, 1994 Street Fighter. Right. For me, it was just a Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> I, can't, volcano, I still can't believe diarrhea. I bought that movie without even realizing <laughs> So uh, an orchestral version of The Bird and the Worm by the band The Used was composed for this film. Never heard of them. And see, The Used being probably one of my... You've heard of The Used. (laughs) Yeah, that was just me taking a stab at... trying to pick on me. Um, I I honestly didn't notice it if it was in there, and you think I would have picked up on that. Yeah, I'm surprised you did. So I would like to know where it was used, and somebody can tell me, or I'll just use the internet at some point. With Scott the Pool Boy. Yeah. (laughs) And there are 55 snakes in Medusa's hair. Holy cow. It's huh. a lot of snakes. You go first. <laughs> <laughs> so. Nice. Yeah. So um, I think just one thing I do like about this is that they are, Zeus does not like Hades, or Zeus doesn't care about Hades. Hades hates Zeus. There is more of the, more reasoning behind it. You know what? Because Hades is pissed off because he got tricked into going to the underworld and the, all the exposition uh, uh, star charts in the very beginning. I see. I mean, here's here's the thing that, about that that kind of exposition. It's cheap and it's like it's a it's a it's bad filmmaking. But at least they're not going they're not making characters say it. Like if you're going to do a narrative use that's using exposition, do it. I mean, for lack of a better word, expeditiously, like they did. You know, you just, I mean, make it look pretty and everything, but whatever. You know, I mean, get it across. Don't make the characters do it, because that's not how people talk to each other. Did well, we watch the same <clears throat> movie? Because honestly... I'm just talking straight about the We're the talking very, about just the very beginning. beginning. Oh, I was going to say, because pretty much from the time he's an adult and his family dies to the point where they meet the hunters, every single scene is p- characters standing around talking about the plot. Yeah, I'm just talking about the very beginning, the setup yeah, for the, yeah, the why the gods beginning. hate each other. Right. So Set, setting the setting the stage for the entire movie. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I don't mind open. You know, if it was like the you know the dude the the guard with the uh, the horsetail fly swatter from the first movie standing there telling you, and so you see, Hades <laughs> got tricked. And <laughs> but he's explaining the gods to a grown man in the world who should already know everything about him. Yet. <laughs> right. Right. So. But um, but no, I I just love I I like that setup. I like the the fact that it's not the gods aren't all just standing around. There's actual like the pecking order going on here, um, and I really love the 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 monster hunter guys. They were funny. The, the hunters, yeah, the hunters. In general, the comedy in this movie is uh, some of the few things that worked. 
the scene where the guy takes out a flute. That yeah. was really funny. And or, I, or when they're waiting at the river sticks, and he's like, "Oh, only the dead can go." Any volunteers? Or where they he goes, he's getting the weapons, and he picks up Bebo, and he's like, "What's this?" And Bebo, like, leave that there. I actually didn't like that. It was, yeah, that was nice. that was too much of a just a straight <laughs> up shout out. A little nod. That was but not that a little was shoehorned nod. in way too much. It could have been a lot better. Oh, if I think I shoehorned in. <laughs> Hey, I like this movie, and I'm going to admit that that was just... That was incredibly shoehorned in. They could have easily just had Bubo standing on a shelf, and everybody would have been happy. They didn't have to be never even acknowledge him, just have him in there, yeah. Right. Well, I mean, I hated the movie, but Liam Cunningham killed it and stole every scene he was in. Agreed. Well, you know, one of the things I I like that they added... Well, I'm a Mads Mikkelsen fan, so I appreciated having him in it, but um, the addition... I like the, the gins. The gins were yeah. sweet. Oh, they were pretty awesome. Yeah. The oh, character that... of the gin would be awesome to play in a in a gaming world. That yeah. that bugged me though. If right. you're gonna mix your metaphors that hard, just start throwing Arabian uh, mythology in here. Why not just have pixies magic them to the hut of Baba Yaga and it can hop them? <laughs> well, and and that's a point you can make about both films is that if Pegasus could have flown you from point A to point B, why did you go through all the other hassle? The the problem is is Pegasus is Greek. Jins no, are not Greek. Uh, right, but I'm just saying in both films, something I realized at the end was like Pegasus could have saved a whole lot of time off of this adventure. Well, I mean, neither, neither of these movies is exactly a study in mythology. Sure. Yeah. But so, there are, the whole thing is you look at, let's re- remake Clash of the Titans. You know what? It was too close to actual Greek mythology. Let's fix that. <laughs> <laughs> the problem is it was too accurate. Yeah. Uh, that was the issue. <laughs> So let's throw some Arabian Nights shit in there. I'm just saying that the Jin character type I liked, even and, if it and didn't you, fit. You kind sure. of just you kind of just briefly touched on a point, which is I think Joel just did, which is why I liked this I movie did. so much, is because it it reminded me. It kind of like the Thirteenth Warrior did as well. It reminded me of a Dungeons and Dragons adventure. Yeah, I could see and, that, and, and really that's did. one of the reasons why I liked it, especially the fight scene with the scor- the first fight scene with the scorpions before the giant one showed up. That just reminded me completely of of a Dungeons and Dragons combat. Well, or the character. The character classes of the hunters, you know, we could see a couple of us playing those character types. Right. Mm. Exactly. You know, and, and so it just it kind of resonated with me in that way. I my my high point high point for this. I thought Ralph Fiennes as Hades was fantastic. Yes. Oh, oh come on. I, much, he was pretty much, much just doing. <clears throat> he was just doing Voldemort. <laughs> he was Voldemort with a nose, dude. <laughs> Come on, even his even his cloak of uh, imp uh, generation. I'd see, I, I'm not gonna shit talk the special effects. The special effects and like the action scenes, that design, that was all fine. I just thought that they wasted the incredible talent of the actors they had, and the whole addition of the like gods versus humans plot did absolutely zero for me. Yeah, I will agree with that. That that was just dumb. But I did like the character design of the Kraken in this one too. Sure, I, visually oh, yeah. this was a, a, a beautiful movie. Oh yeah, absolutely. The Kraken was definitely a little bit more threatening in this one. Although, if you're going to take a look at the original Harryhausen design as being almost, I don't want to say ahead of its time, but uh, very competent for its time. And you compare this to special effects in its time. This is barely better than advanced uh, video game CGI. Well, we just, I, I don't, I don't 
want to. The I, Hades I don't stuff want to put Harryhausen's Kraken on that kind of a platform because if you think about it, that was out the same time as Empire Strikes Back, and think about Jabba in that movie versus the Kraken sure. Clash of the Titans. I, uh, which is why I'm going to say it's not Bleeding Edge. It is not Lucas. I'm not going to put it up on that pedestal where it was like the best you could get. But I think it was better for its time than this is in it in its well, own. And Pat's comparing apples to oranges because Jabba is a is a uh, animatronic puppet, whereas the creatures in this film, in the original film, were all stop motion animation. And some of the CGI, uh, Mike pointed out, like the cape for Hades, was spot on. Some of it was a little dodgy, and I think is going to age very very quickly into looking a little embarrassing. See, I didn't like Hades and the way that they, they did that, but that's just me. Why didn't you like it? I, I just didn't think it, it didn't just, it looked bad to me. It just didn't look, it, I, I don't know. You guys are talking about how good it is. And I thought that was really, really weak. I thought hmm. a lot of the other stuff was much better, except for maybe Medusa, which was, I liked the original better. Yeah, <laughs> I did yeah. too. I mean, that's one of those where I liked the original better, but this interpretation was okay. Like, I didn't have a huge amount of problem with it. The I mean, it was very scene similar. Was pretty cool in this in this movie, but I liked the look of the original Medusa more. Yeah, and I, I think some of the characterization was just flat and blunt and weird. It's like you've got these characters where it's like, okay. Play your guy as a racist from Alabama, but replace black guy with God. <laughs> and that's how some of these characters played it. It's like all they, they're like, oh, you're, you, you seem to like gods. And oh, you're from the gods. We don't like gods here. You right. like gods here? We'll put a spoiler on your God. Oh, wait. And then what? very, very uh, quickly, you had some of these guys that are like these anti-God racists saying, well, if I had the powers of a God, I'd use it. It's like, really? You were just smacking a drink out of his hand 10 minutes ago for having been accused of being the son of a god. <laughs> I thought it was a little ridiculous how he wouldn't use the sword. I'm like, just use the damn sword. Yeah, I thought that was an interesting cha- take I mean, on the like, character. Because you could be saving lives if you just use the sword. You're letting your guys die because you're not using the magical sword. Mm-hmm. Right. Where the first guy was losing everything, this guy was like, nah. I think they were trying to take a ham-fisted way of doing the hero's journey. It's like, well, this is the cult of heroism. Gotta refuse it. It's step two. Yep. Well, and, and just, then it whole... just felt too forced. Yeah, you're right. It was definitely too by the book storytelling. Yeah. Well, then you had a shift in focus as far as you know, Io versus Andromeda, and a complete yep. change in the ending. Um, uh, I, I don't know. I, I there was actually comment commentary in the trivia about this that the producers didn't like the idea of him going off with Andromeda, and so they actually changed, reshot the ending so that uh, Io would come back. Which I like the character, but I don't know. It, it, honestly, the the film is almost identical in a lot of ways to the original. They didn't do a lot different with the basic storyline. And I'm curious what Pat was talking about, I think, earlier when he said that they fixed some things. Like, what what did they fix in the remake? Um. Okay, like... God, I knew, I knew I should have written this shit down. On the spot, sorry. <laughs> um, no, like one of the one of the things that I noticed was just in the beginning they showed um at Olympus he had every single person had a, had a figurine, whereas like in the original movie I I remember thinking I'm like why are there only 300 people living in all of Rome? <laughs> <laughs> that yeah, was that pretty was cool. cool when yeah. when when the when the Kraken attacked and all those those uh, figures came uh, crashing Tumbling down. down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I much as I hate this that was pretty cool and, which was a nice nod yeah and zeus actually uh with that armor was a glitter boy <laughs> <laughs> oh that reminds me the the in the original when they're about to sacrifice andromeda and i'm like where did they get sparkly fabric 
Anyway, so back to the new one. Um, no, I'm, I'm trying to think now um, of things that they solved. Um, uh, I want to back I, I you up on this, man. I'm trying to figure out what it is, what the question was before they solved There were like three or four it. things that I noticed that they, they, they kind of, um, in the new one, they kind of answered questions, and I just cannot think of what they are, and I'm sorry. Because, I mean, aside from adding a couple of characters and removing a couple of characters, everything else was pretty much the same. Well, I mean, I, one thing I did like is how... Calibos came from Acrisius. I liked how the, that little change in the story. I don't know whether it's canon or whether it's actually in the you know in the legend or not. But Acrisius being the um, the father that threw Persis and his mo- his mom into the into the ocean, and he gets punished by Zeus by taking a lightning bolt up the sword, uh, and then he runs off and becomes Calibos in there, and, and then eventually gets uh, brought on by Hades to with to get uh poison venom when you when you get bit by him and when he bleeds that's when he makes the, the scorpions i did like that little change versus huh. what calibos was in the first one see and that was one of the things that i specifically disliked because i felt to me like they gave calibos a stock super villain kind of origin instead of having <clears throat> the reason calibos is there is because you've got two gods that don't oppose each other using their children as chess pieces which oh. I, I I thought that was really much more interesting motivations. Yeah, it was, a, it was definitely a better origin story for him in the first movie. Okay. Um, another thing I thought of that they solved was the fact that Perseus was, you know, <clears throat> in the first movie was went from living on an island with his mother to suddenly being a, a competent swordsman, and they showed training. They had little training montages at least in this movie. <laughs> a little. Wait, a montage. He swung the sword twice and then took on a veteran of thirty years. And that's more than they did in the first movie. <laughs> well, that's fair. I yeah. mean, to be fair, he was a demigod, so yeah, you hand wave that a little bit. It's okay. Yeah, okay, you yeah. got god power, sure. Of course, you can train the Pegasus because you're half god. Yeah, a lot of the stuff. It's like, well, why can he do all this stuff? He's just a fisherman. You're like, whatever, god. Yep. Well, and even though Ammon was in the the remake, he was a much more minor character. I thought of now too, which was unfortunate. But I don't even know if I remember him being mentioned. But I know I saw him in the cast list at one point. Ammon. Yeah. Wasn't he the uh, the main guy who was like, uh, "Till the men did this." Yeah, I thought he was the leader of the the soldiers. No, no, that was Draco. Oh, that was Draco. Yeah, oh, that was Draco. And I, I loved how he died. Like, um, oh, that's right. That was mad. With a smile on, like his his statue had a smile on his face. I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. That's very defiant, you know. And people will be watching that, you know, looking at that for centuries. And then, poof, she blew it up. I'm like, okay, well, wait over on that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but he he accomplished what he set out to do. He died a hero's death, and right. I, I really like that character a lot. That Me was too. uh Solon. Draco. 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 Okay. Yeah. And, and the Jin. Solon. I liked Solon too. Solon was good also. I mean, I think the band, the the party that followed him, I think they had a lot of good characters in there that made them made them appealing. With Solon, it with was, Draco. It was a Dungeons and Dragons party. Of it, course. it was. No, I agree with you on that. It was. It was. It was a D and D run. That's exactly what it was. What were you gonna say, Josh? Uh, I was gonna say that the the Jin self sacrifice was sweet too, but they did really kill off all of the chaff. In the first couple minutes of the first Scorpion fight. Yep. Although I was shocked that Rory McCann was one of the chaff. Like, he was one of the first to die. I think this might have been one of his first roles. It might have been. In in America. And, and like, uh, Alexander Siddick was also pretty underused. Nobody? Dr. Bashir? Nope. Got nothing. Uh, Deep Space Nine. I've never seen it. Never watched also it. In, he was also uh, the leader. The robotic, or, or the robotic doctor, hologra- holographic doctor, or whatever. No. 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 Oh, wrong, no. wrong Star Trek. Uh, he's also the leader of uh, the. He was just, oh, I don't want to spoil Game of Thrones. He's the leader of Dorne, though. 
Oh, he was in this? I didn't realize that. Yeah, he was Hermes. He he had he was one of the few gods that spoke up. It's like, uh yeah, maybe we shouldn't just kill all the people because <laughs> we need them. I didn't recognize him then. Yeah, there were two gods that like spoke up. Yeah, uh, there was like twelve that said nothing. Yep. And again, all of them standing in their places. They were like the board members of the Enron. Too Wah. soon. Wah. Huh? <laughs> legal, legal, legal. <laughs> so uh, I enjoyed this movie. I enjoyed it too. I enjoyed the effects. I again, I like my camp in my movies. This was very campy. For this was by no means a great movie, but I mean, it's fun to watch. Yeah. Now, if Josh, if I'm going to toss this question out to you, if you ha- if you're looking for a movie that has a uh, good representation of myths and legends in them, what movie do you go to? Oh, that's interesting. Is there such a thing? Yeah. Her- Hercules in New York. <laughs> oh. No, because in no. general, uh, Greco-Roman mythology is not accurately portrayed. It's the reason why I forgive so much on the original Clash, because it, it gets a lot wrong, but almost less wrong than everything else. I'd have to get back to you on that, because I don't want to say 300, because 300 was not entirely an accurate representation of a comic book that was also not historically accurate. Also, it sucked. Bah. Oh, boy. Yeah, I'd have to think about that, because also, Greco-Roman mythology is not a super popular topic. You usually go with more Western European uh, influences for fantasy mm-hmm. in these adventure movies. How many times have we seen Robin Hood? Yeah, but then they this one warranted enough to make a to make a sequel to it. Yeah, if you if you thought you hated Clash of the Titans, you should watch Wrath of the Titans. Oh my God, that's so bad. <laughs> No, no thank you. I will even say that Wrath of the Titans was a steaming hot mess pile of shit. Yeah, and we paid money to go see that, Pat. <laughs> yeah, you did. You guys talk about it a lot. We do, because it was so, I mean, so many times in the theater. We're like, we, what we the hell? We came out of the movie, we're like, well, it was fun. That was a movie, and there were people in it. <laughs> the there same was lots of action. <clears throat> right. Right? I mean... Well, yeah, the there... Effects were, the effects were amazing, and there was a lot of action. There were things happening. <laughs> And a very clean woman. Yes. That's the one thing we always go back to. <laughs> I could not tell you one thing about the plot <clears throat> still to this day. I know that, that they were that the Titans were actually in it and the Titans were huge and spit lava. And uh, <clears throat> uh what is it what's his name? Krat uh Kratos? Not no, Kratos. That's, 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 that's from a video game. From the Simpsons. <laughs> oh my gosh. What's the name Bang of the father Kodos. of the god the father of the Titans? Kronos? Kronos. He was in it, remember? But Gi- yeah, well, I'm looking at Mountain of Fire. I am looking at Clash of the Titans box office made for 125 million dollars. Opening weekend made 61.2 million. Oof. U.S. it grossed 163. So wait, they didn't really make any money on it. Well, no, wait, wait. After marketing and everything, there's a whole bunch of. <laughs> oh, I may have an answer to your question, Mike. Oh, for best for movie, probably. The most accurate interpretation of Greco-Roman mythology is actually, oh, brother, where art thou? Holy crap. (laughs) (laughs) Even though it's set in the Depression era South, it might be the the most accurate portrayal of the Odyssey ever seen on screen. That's funny. I can believe that. And an amazing film. So I agree. This was directed, hang on, by Louis Leterre. Let, it's, it looks like it's with Leterrier. <laughs> it's directed by a dog. Yes. A French dog. <laughs> a French. Louis Leterrier. Um, also known for The Transporter, The yep. Incredible Hulk, the 2008 version, and Now You See Me. 
all forgettable but not terrible movies. And yeah, Transported, Transported 2, Unleashed. And Ooh, I liked Unleashed. The Brothers Grimsby. I have not seen it. Yeah. Now, I'm a, I like Now You See Me. That's a, I, I enjoyed that one. So, but, um, but yeah, this one, I don't know. I, the, the best I can say about it, and I enjoyed it, is that yeah, it was fun to watch. There were, there were a lot of cool lines, there were a lot of cool scenes, and there were some, some very cool battles. The battle with the, the giant scorpions was fantastic, but it's enjoyable. Yeah, definitely. What's this, funny this is, is okay, oh, go ahead. No, no, no. I was just going to say, I don't disagree with anything Mike said, aside from the fact that he liked it and I didn't. And my problems weren't with the things Mike liked about it. I thought it had a fantastic cast. I thought it had uh, great effects, well choreographed fight scenes. I just think the script th- may as well may have well have been improv. <laughs> it was just so bad. <laughs> well, I'm looking. It was written by a group of people. Were they yeah, also French go. dogs? No, uh, Travis. <laughs> Were they monkeys in a room? <laughs> now, see, this is Travis Beecham, who also had something was part of the uh, script for uh, scriptwriters for uh, Pacific Rim. I oh, like yes, that. Yeah, he did. In fact, he did that after this, and he's also uh, writing. He's writing the story writer for Pacific Rim Maelstrom, the next one that's coming out. See, okay. He, see, here's my thing. My take on this: the reason I like this movie versus a movie like Three Hundred is what I've said before to you guys: is like the thing I don't like about Three Hundred is everything is about being cool. It's all about the cinematography. It's all about. Everything has just got to be the utmost coolest of everything, regardless of you know making sense, regardless of logic, physics, or whatever. Whereas this movie, I just I liked the action because it was action for action's sake. It wasn't like they were trying to build a fight scene around a cool idea some guy had. Yeah. See, I think I've discovered where the uh, Josh and I think this may be where the script thing comes into a problem. So we had the guy who wrote uh, Unleashed and. Pacific Rim paired up with the guy who wrote R.I.P.D. and Eon Flux. Oh, there you go. Those are two of my least favorite films <laughs> of the last 10 years. <laughs> Everything a, makes that, sense for me. Yeah. That's a clash right there. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm thinking there were, may have been a little bit of discussion going on in the room when they were writing this. And there's two other people <laughs> that are along on this ride also. But if you get those type of writers in, in one spot, you know, that's... Because Pacific Rim is one of my favorite, one of my favorites. I mean, it's I, what do you want? I want giant robots fighting giant monsters. Right? Yeah, it doesn't have to be Shakespeare. Yeah, I'm okay with dumb action. I love some dumb action movies. Just like don't. It's like if you're gonna be dumb, don't have people just wasting all this time talking, pretending that they're trying to say something interesting. <laughs> yeah. See, this is this is Matt Manfredi is another one of the uh, another one of the writers. There were three writers yeah. on this one. Yeah. The the reason I like this movie is definitely not the dialogue. Yeah. So Travis Beecham, who did the the movies you like that Pacific Rim did Unleashed did the uh um the transporter with Phil Hay and Matt Manfredi who both worked on RIPD and EN Flux together. And then they also put in Beverly Cross in here also as credits from the eighty one screenplay. But when you get I, I just think maybe it's just bad writing. Maybe. Yeah. That's absolutely what it was. And uh, there's a, f- a very short list of things I can't forgive and I think bad writing's right at the top of that list. Wow. That <laughs> gives us a lot of leeway here actually. That's <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All right, so uh, 
do a thumbs up, thumbs down? <laughs> I I think yeah, we already said you yeah. three loved it, and I hated it. Well, I never I, I said and say I loved it. it. Yeah, never yeah. said I enjoyed it. Yeah, I wouldn't even know if I I don't even know if I would use that word loved, but I definitely I definitely enjoyed it and liked it. Yeah, I'm more. I think mine was less of the oh awesome cool, and then it was more of a <laughs> giant scorpions are great. <laughs> And I just liked the feeling that I got of it, like this is like watching a Dungeons and Dragons adventure going on. Still a better love story than Twilight. <laughs> well, Indeed. That goes without saying. Although you said it. There you go. So we have no full thumbs up on this, do we? I'll give it a full thumbs up. I enjoyed it enough. To... I'm not going to own it, but I mean, I would, I would probably watch it again. I own it, and I'm not entirely sure where it came from. <laughs> I mean, I, I would put it on about the same thumb level as, as the last one, the first one. Huh. Three quarters hmm. thumb. Yeah. I didn't hate it, but I, I don't know that I want to watch it again anytime soon. Hmm. All right, then. All right, cool. So, uh, on tap for next week. Something I completely A topic. For- A topic. It's in the Wait, show notes, no. god damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Just read. Pitch to me. Bad news bears. <laughs> <laughs> with the with the uh the rise of baseball season we're watching the bad news bears we've talked about it a bunch of times and uh yeah and we're always looking for a reason to watch a billy bob thornton movie true and mm-hmm. walter matthau and walter i was gonna say i was leaning a little bit more towards walter matthau on this one all right so yeah if you want to get a hold of us and uh talk about anything you think we missed from clash of the titans uh agree with us disagree with us uh give us a call at 708 now wrap that's 708-669-9727 yeah and uh if you want to get in touch with us anywhere else you can get us at 40go14 at gmail.com or you can find us on our home on the web at for www.40go14.com all right there you go I'm going to go find myself a scorpion. Mm, yeah, my stomach's feeling pretty bad. I think i got to release the Kraken. <laughs> legal, 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 legal. I, I'm going to go on record as saying that I liked Liam Neeson as Zeus better than I liked Lawrence Olivier as Zeus. I don't even know you anymore. <laughs> That's Patrick. You've known him like 20 plus years. <laughs> no, this is Sparta. <laughs> <laughs> Good night, kids. The legal way through. Well, like, that's what I said. Like, do you want? Are you looking like a legal, 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 legal? I. I... <laughs>